0: Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello everyone. Welcome to Rock That Relationship today we are talking about unique dating situations. It's all part of our season on dating. And we thought we'd just dedicate an episode entirely to unique situations, things that come up that sometimes you don't even think about what you would do in them until they come up. So we've actually thought about some of those things ahead of time, and we decided we were going to chat through some of them and get our opinions on each and some of our experiences with each. And as always, I'm sure Tracy and I will have, um, very few things that cross over and a lot of things that are really different about the way we've kind of experienced our unique dating situations. So I'm going to start with this question, Tracy. I know I always like catch you off guard with like a very first question that we never oh, talk about in good. the beginning. I, like I know. Uh-huh. you like living on the edge like that. So <laughs> what would you say is the most unique dating situation? you have ever been in. It could have been just uh, someone that you dated a very short period of time, or it could have been the launch of a, Mm. of a long-term relationship, but one of the more unique situations that you've been in. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um,
1: I don't know that I can, I don't know that I've had anything super unique, although other people would probably have a different perspective on that. Um, probably when I first was coming out, I think, you know, that was kind of shocking to me. I was very young, like 20 or younger, I forget, but, um, that was a hard adjustment. Yeah, I mean, I had a boyfriend in high school that was very limited, ex- you know, and mm-hmm. then like a very short term boyfriend in college that they were all just, you know, I mean, I knew that I was gay, but, um, I think having a girlfriend at first was, pretty shocking to me and I I met somebody who was pretty alternative looking like shaved head nose ring like this was in the 90s and like real alternative and then as soon as we got together it became kind of like a holly hobby um yeah. and it was a real game changer for that relationship because <laughs> I was not expecting that and um that person became very much like we we're going to have a home and have children and all this. And that was not my thing at all. And I kind of just went along with it, which was a big, big mistake. And my real objective in life was to live pretty much a, like a vagabond existence around the world, traveling and working abroad and all that. And so um I followed that person's path instead of my own and it ended in absolute disaster. So that's probably the most unique uh-huh. one I've had. Yeah.
0: That's really so, unique. A lot of unique factors yeah. about it. Yeah. Wow, well, I, I think, I... you
1: know, when you're so young, and as I've talked about on the podcast, many times having real trauma background, a background steeped in trauma, I really didn't know my own ability to, like, assert what I wanted. And so I ended up kind of like getting carried downstream, basically, in somebody else's river. And that was a huge, huge, huge mistake. So, and it was also just coming out totally it caused so much trauma, drama in my family. So it, everything about it, we ended up moving from the Midwest to Seattle. And so that caused even more, but it was like to get away from family that was not approving and stuff like that. So um I think, you know, you, you, you have that kind of situation happen and then I stayed in that relationship much, much way longer than I ever should have
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah. I also, I, when I met that person, I did not like her. My first impression was I didn't like her. And then I kind of warmed up to her later, but my first impression was absolutely right. And that's happened to me, uh, one other time just recently. So mm. I'd say, go with your gut, no matter what, go with your gut. Cause twice I've gone against my gut and I've paid dearly for it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like there were so many factors that were coalescing. I mean, coming out, having a difficult time with your family, having it be your first person, having this person's identity sort of shift, at least physical appearance-wise, mm-hmm. shift over time, realizing you gave up part of yourself to to follow their dreams. So, I mean, certainly a mm-hmm. unique situation. Um, for me, I mean, I, I don't know that mine are all that complex in terms of, you know, a unique dating situation. I, I mean, I think probably the the most unique one that I had was my very first person that I was with, um, she and I weren't, quote, weren't gay, but we ended up somehow, I don't know, in, in, a, in an being intimate. gay. Yeah. We it. ended up being gay together. <laughs> and, um, and of course we were not, um, we were not out because neither of us identified as gay and we didn't want anyone mm-hmm. to know about our relationship. So it was like a couple of years of a lot of in the closet kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and that was unique in a sense that it, it was really, really distressing and really heavy to mm. kind of carry that that uh, what what ended up being another identity, but really a circumstance or a situation. Um, I remember that, you know, we would, you know, go out with guys and then try to fend them off, you know, and like not even try to mm-hmm. hold hands or anything, but just sort of to cover for ourselves. And then we'd come home to each other at night and be like, the other one would be waiting. And it would just be so huh. heart wrenching to know that the mm-hmm. other one's out on a date. And it's like, um it, it was just very, very, intense. And I mean, that was given the the time in which that was, this was the nineties. It was a little bit more, um, difficult to come out. And, um, I mean, if it were today, i look back and I'm like, Oh, you know, I wonder how my life would have been if I was able to have been out and been with her in an authentic, like kind of outward external way, it would have been really different. But what was unique about it was it was my first relationship with a woman. So of course, like you're talking about the first one, but what was unique about it was that I couldn't share anything with anyone about Mm -hmm. it had to pretend like we we weren't in a relationship. Yeah. And then the worst part about it was when we broke up, I had literally no yeah. one to talk to because no one knew we were together. So people didn't understand why we went from being best friends to not talking at all. Yeah. And, um, and I had no one to tell and just that, and cry to and yeah. say, I'm hurting so bad inside. My heart feels like it's been ripped out of my chest and I had no one to talk to. So that was incredibly unique, um, for me. And I know, you know, there are other people, you know, if you identify, people who identify as, you know, maybe a straight might also have like a, a relationship that they're keeping under wraps and the pressure of that could be very, very unique as well.
1: Yes. Or they're in a straight relationship now and they don't, they're not really feeling it. I mean, I think yeah. it's interesting. Both of our stories are similar and we didn't discuss it beforehand, but it's really about living authentically and truly to yourself. And we are in some scary times again, that are similar to how they were back then, which um, I think for a lot of people in this country, like in different States, they're dealing with that kind of thing. And it's just about it in the end, it never works out when you're not living true to yourself. It just doesn't, it, Mm -hmm. it causes so much suffering. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been out, like, would it have been any better, you know, and, and my circumstances were just, I think, yes, there were the external pressures of people, not approving of our relationship. Um, My mother always said it wasn't about her, us being two women, but that this person was bad to the core. And interestingly enough, that's how that was true. And so, you know, since that time until most recent, until recently I got suckered in (laughs) again, but like, you know, go with your gut and it, and I mean that like when you meet someone or when you're like deciding what you want in your life's path, you know? And I think that that's really important for considering when you're thinking about dating because, you know, it's not just chemistry that's important. It's, it's, are your life goals going to be the same? I never thought that. I never believed that. I was always about, oh my God, it's just got to be about love and chemistry and romance. And I don't believe that anymore. Um mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. I would turn my back on chemistry, but um, there has to be more because when i 've tried to make that work with just the chemistry, it doesn 't because the conflicts arise of uh okay, this isn 't what I want, this is what you want right I think you know there 's that whole thing about dating yourself and getting to know yourself before you get involved with someone and that 's something I think really important to think about, and the topics we 'll talk about in this podcast those are things to really think about you know, love does not conquer all. I don't believe that in a political sense. And I don't believe it in a romantic sense anymore, even though I am a hopeless romantic <laughs> and I'm always hoping, I'm always hoping that the world will be a nicer place and we should work towards that. But in a relationship, there has to be, you've got to be going to the same place, be on the same page, you know, roughly it's not, everything doesn't have to line up, but I've now experienced where, we just wanted different things and that was so painful because mm-hmm. the love was there but the goals weren't so
0: well a lot of times it isn't even a, about the love it hasn't been for me so let's look at some of those things that we know that be, even with the greatest amount of love it can become points of contention mm-hmm. um age gap do you believe that 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 uh age matters as far
1: as dating no i mean i' I've dated three women who were two at least two women who were nine to ten years older than me one who was a married one who was over five years older than me, and then I've dated women who were nine years and more than that younger than me, and then women my age and it each one has its own unique challenge right um when I was dating the people who were older than me, we just didn't have the same reference points and so at the time I was, had a friend who, the person I was dating, her friend was also dating someone my age and we were always joking like, let's have a support group for dating older women. Like they don't <laughs> understand us. And it's just like we didn't have the same, we didn't watch the same cartoons growing up. We didn't, it's different nowadays, I think, because people don't watch the same shows. But you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, you, everybody mm-hmm. watched the same shows, right? Okay. I'm this age. So I'm watching this show and. It, It wasn't like for someone so much older, like, Oh, they didn't get my references and stuff. And then I think, you know, people can be on a different trajectory, right? Like my, my goals in my fifties are different than they were in my thirties. And so Mm -hmm. I have some friends now who are like a man who's 50 and dating women in their twenties. And I just don't get that to me. Like I just, that person would have to be super unique or exceptional because what, how can your goals be similar?
0: You know, maybe they can, mm-hmm. but how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I've only dated people who are younger than me, which I, you know, a lot of people say I'm kind of, I'm a fast paced, young at heart. I look younger than I am. I feel younger than I am. um, I kind of live a lifestyle younger than I am. So it, it makes sense that I kind of align with and feel kind of most comfortable with people who are younger now. Most of the people I have dated have been anywhere between two and like, you know, or three, I guess one and four years younger than me. That's the kind of the general area. I did date someone who was six years younger than me when I was young, a lot younger. And that, because of that stage of life, there was a much more pronounced difference. I think if mm-hmm. my age now, someone six years younger than me wouldn't feel as, as, as right. obvious. Um, I did date someone who was 14 years younger than me and that was, um, that was also just, it was interesting. We didn't have the same cultural reference points. Um, but that also shaped like the way that we navigated the world. Like I, I grew up and in, in, like I went through college and we didn't even have the internet. And mm-hmm. you know, so just kind of thinking about life. And how the things I've learned to do in life have been around the the kind of the technological and cultural advancements that have happened in my childhood, which were so different than, you know, people who are considerably younger than me who are like, oh, I don't understand, like, why wouldn't you, you know? be on the internet or whatever. And so I think it's more than just a cultural reference, like who's your favorite friend's character. I think it's more like just, it shapes who you are. And so therefore you hold that with you as you get older and those things start to matter in different ways. Um, so for me, I, I, I'm definitely have kind of a range that I, that I seek out. I'm not opposed to dating someone older than me. I think it's becoming more difficult, I think, to consider that realistically the older I get, um, only because I kind of want this person to be around for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I date somebody 20 years older than me, they're going to be almost 70 years old. So, um, that's a consideration for me. Um, but also like I'm super active. So unless there's someone Mm -hmm. who's older than me, that's also active, really active and wants to do all these things like climb mountains and stuff, that could be difficult. And I'm not saying someone younger is more fit per se, but the, the likelihood is there. So right. I, I think my, my kind of, my range is somewhere around just, you know, a few years younger than me, um, up to maybe my age and, you know, but everybody's, you know, different. And if I met the, the coolest person on earth that was 20 years younger than me or 20 years older than me, I wouldn't discount them. I just think that if I were f- figuring out like a target market for dating, I think about, Um, who's active enough to keep up with me, who's going to be around in 20 years, um, who has those kind of values based references, you know, like those are the things that are important to me. And so that's how I determine dating across the age gap. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you remember what you said to me when I first told you that I wouldn't date anybody older than me?
1: I said you were an ageist.
0: Yes, you actually had a, 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 a curse word after that too that we can't say on air because we're on, um, you know, public domain right now. But, um, mm-hmm. yes, you call me ageist. And then what, and then later on when you started only wanting to date people that were younger than you, you actually <laughs> literally with your tail between your legs came back and was like, I get it now. I get it. Well, just because we're so active. You know, and, right. it,
1: and it, right. it's hard. It's hard to see. I mean, given that I'm 52, about to be 53, what I've encountered isn't as active as me. And I need that. And um mm-hmm. it's not like I need to, I mean, I do most of the things by myself anyway, but it's not like I'm going to find someone who wants to go to the gym at the same time, you know, hike as much as I do and play pickleball. But yeah, like, what am I going to be out playing pickleball till 10 p.m.? That person's asleep, you know? I mean, that's right. right. You know, when I was in Seattle, my friend's boyfriend kept going to bed at 830. And I was like, what is happening to you? And then she was like, well, I haven't <laughs> seen you this active in 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, because I was married and um living with kids. And I had a different lifestyle back then. And I actually like this lifestyle way more. And it's more true to myself. You know, I'm yeah. a much more urban person. But when you get in a relationship, and this is something to think about when you're thinking about what kind of relationship to get into, that stuff really makes a difference, you know? Yes, like, yes, it does. I've been, I was suburban for like 10 years and it just was not me. And I truly didn't feel like, I, while I enjoyed a lot of it and uh really loved my wife and kids, it's just that it wasn't me, you know? Yeah. And my best friend was like, gosh, I have not seen you like this in so long. And I was just pure happy, pure, uh-huh. pure, pure happy.
0: Yeah. Well speaking of kids, you know we talk about dating people with kids, especially because we're in that age group where a lot of people we know have kids. They're either mm-hmm. you know in the household or maybe they're they're adult children either way. But um, you know, we have very different scenarios because you know you don't have any children of your own, but you were married to someone with children and raised those children for many, many years. I, mm-hmm. on the other hand, have a child of my own um, and I have been with people who don't have children who have somehow played, you know, some type of an adult role in my child's life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have very different circumstances. And I remember one day you, you, you and I were talking to, you know, back when I was like doing my dating profile and all that stuff. And you said, you know, would you date somebody with kids? And I said, no. And you you were just like, what? And then I think you also called uh, me another curse word at that point yes, too. I'm sure. And, I think. <laughs> you have a kid. How could you not want to do that? And I said, you know, I have to think about it because I only have my kid part-time. And if I was with somebody who had their child or children full-time, it would feel weird. Like my child would be like a guest in my own home coming and going and, you know, judge me as you will. But I was trying to think about the impact that might have on my own child, um, is being, you know, kind of this, you know, second class citizen in their own home as they come in and out. And we're having all these family experiences and they only get to go, my kid gets to go to half of them. And I felt like I felt an empathy for my daughter. It wasn't that I don't want to be with somebody with kids. I have a capacity, great capacity to love and even raise children. Obviously I'm a parent, but I was thinking about that dynamic and Mm -hmm. how that might feel for her. Um, And so it gave me pause. doesn't mean I would never date anybody with kids. No, but it gave me great pause to think about. Now it could have been that I could be with someone who also had a child kind of part-time and shared custody. Mm -hmm. That could be an ideal arrangement, but I was thinking more so someone who had a child like full-time, um, what that meant. And then I was also thinking like, do I want to date somebody with, uh, with little ones? Right. I mean, I've been through the diapers and the bottles. Right. I don't, I'm, I'm almost 50. I really just don't want to be like having to change diapers Um, and, and, you know, again, sick all the time from, oh my gosh I think I was more sick during kindergarten than she was. Um, I I had hand, foot and mouth disease. Who gets that? Right. 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 Um, But yeah, it was the same thing. I just had, you know, again, like other people can sit back and judge and they could be like, that's just so this, or you're this or whatever. And it's fine. But I know what my boundaries are just like you do too. And saying like, this isn't going to put me in a situation that I'm going to feel the most ideal. So I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not going to put it in my target population of people that I'm looking for, like specifically looking for some of my children. Well, I it's smart, out, but that's yeah.
1: smart. And the thing is, you know, to, fi- to date, like you have a kid part-time and then they have a kid part-time. Well, are your kids going to line up on the same schedule? Right. Probably right. not like the the custody schedule and all that is very complicated. And, I was married and my partner's ex lived in Europe and there were a lot of complications with that. And, you know, when the kids would leave, I just felt like my life had no meaning. It, it was very weird. And these were kids that I met when they were three and six. And um, when I first moved in with them, I, for the first and only time in my life, I wanted to have my own child, like physically have a child. And it lasted mm. about a month. And what got me out of that was, like, how complicated is this going to be? Like, uh-huh. these kids are going to go off with their dad and they're going to be on some great vacation. Then what are we going to do? Take our kid, now we have a common child, and take that kid on a different vacation. So then our kids right. are going to feel bad. And then this kid's going to be like, how come I'm on these lame vacations? And they're, you know, I'm with two adults and they're off together. It just, it that complicating stuff, really thinking through it. And I didn't think through getting together with someone with kids my friends really were like trying to warn me and I'm like what is your problem I love children children love me and that was true but what I never thought of was the suburban versus urban lifestyle and I feel like you know I'm still kind of here in the suburban lifestyle because living near my ex and the kids um and I I want to go back to an urban lifestyle and I'm waiting for, you know, to be down to one dog to do that just because I can't handle the complications of, you know, that. And so I think that's something also like dogs, right? I mean, for babies, as a lot of people call them, is you know, one of my exes does not want dogs. And when I moved to Wyoming to be with her, I brought my dog and, you know, she was used to not being tethered to a dog and you can't bring a dog hiking in the national park and we'd be hiking 14 hours a day. Right. So always had Mm -hmm. to get somebody to watch the dog. And I think those are really important considerations too. Like, do you want to take on pet, you know, care that you didn't have before? And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I think that's as important as kids because they really can't be left behind, you know, and you do have to take that into consideration. How much are you going to be able to travel? How much, you know, do you need to rush home after work? Kids and, and pets, I think are very similar issues. And, um, there, again, you may connect with someone, but ultimately, these complications are going to be really huge. And I really feel for people who have children or are in and then they want to date again, I think, you know, there's so many considerations for them, right? Just like uh-huh. for you. And nice. if you dated someone with a kid or multiple children, and then you have to coordinate all that. Yes, you would always feel I think like,
0: hey, I'm not giving my kid
1: all the attention she deserves, you know?
0: Right, right. Well, and I feel bad too, because I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to date anyone with kids, but then I have a kid and I would expect other people to want to date me, you know? Right. Um, And and that was why I used the swear word. That was because it felt like hypocritical. (laughs) Right. But it's really
1: not when you get, when you really think it through, which is, you know, people accuse me and maybe you as well, like you're, you think about everything. You're, Maybe you'd be happier if you didn't think so much. Maybe you don't need (laughs) to talk about everything. And I'm like, but if I don't, then I can't really work it through. And if you sit down and actually aren't afraid of talking, aren't afraid of either talking stuff through with your friends or talking it through with the person that you want to date and say, I know this is unfortunate. We're really attracted to each other, but how's this really going to play out? Or, Hey, we're going to go forward in this relationship, knowing this is going to be complicated, Right, And we're okay with that, right? Maybe we're going to need a therapist sooner rather than later or a parenting coordinator or something like that.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's true. Like all of these situations we're talking about aren't deal breakers per se, but having their kind of the knowledge ahead of time of what could, what could be some of the things that might create obstacles and being able mm-hmm. to get those on the front end, talking through, obviously mm-hmm. talking through it. And I know most everybody does talk through it, but if you know that it's, You know, we've talked about this in previous seasons. If it's a no-go, it's an absolute no-go, then don't go, then don't go, then don't go there. Mm -hmm. If you absolutely will not date someone with a dog, for instance, and you see someone online and they've got a picture of themselves with their dog, do not click on it. Like don't, Right. you know, it's a no-go. But let's talk about another one. This is a big one. Um, Long distance or especially because of dating apps, you can meet people that don't live near you. And then you're stuck. Mm -hmm. You're like, you want to move to me? Do I want to move to you? Do we want to move somewhere third, third place together? Do we want to split the time? Like, do we just want to stay long distance forever? Have you ever been in like, in a long distance relationship? Um, starting out? Yes. Long term? No. Um,
1: because I met somebody in my now ex-wife, but she was in North Carolina and I was in Wyoming. So we did that. And then I ended up moving to North Carolina because she had kids. And then I recently dated someone who was gone more than she was here. And I'm at a different phase of life. So I was okay with that because I've got all my own things going on. Right. But trying to carry on a relationship between Wyoming and North Carolina, that was pretty much almost impossible, you know? Yeah. And so really depends on like, how much are you willing to travel? Yeah. Again, do you have pets? Do you have kids? Like I think long distance is doable, but it's difficult. And like, do you have mm-hmm. trust issues and what's your attachment style? Are you an anxiously right. attached person? You know, um, I was listening to, we've had Jessica de Silva, you know, on our podcast before, and she's got a new, several new podcasts where she's spending time between California and Colorado and her Fiance travels a lot so he can meet her those places. But when she moved to Colorado to be with him, she was alone more than she was with him. And then she just became isolated and sad. And so she went, got a place back in California because she's like, I can't mm-hmm. do this. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. So you've got to figure that out first. I think like I'm not going to start dating someone in Iowa because I'm never moving to Iowa. This is not, I'm never moving back mm-hmm. to the Midwest. Like there are no. I would never, ever move to the East coast again. Like it's got to be West coast only. Now, could I do California or Seattle and Tucson? Yes, I could.
0: Mm-hmm. So you would say you would do long distance, but that person has to be based out of somewhere you could ultimately see yourself living.
1: Yes, exactly. Or in the event that, that I'm they happy to leave. go.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay.
1: But no way am I going to be like, Oh, I meet someone in New York city. that. I already lived in New York city. I'm never, I would never live there again. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what you're saying. Like you see that somebody's in New York. No. Mm-mm.
0: Right. Just, click, now, just move per- past it. Right. Yeah.
1: If a person was like here on a trip and they're like, Oh my God, I love it here. I'm thinking about moving and you happen to meet or right. you know, you're wherever that's different. But I think those are discussions everybody needs to have. If they're going to even embark on long distance, like, okay, well, this seems great right now, but how's it going to be in a year or, How's yeah. it going to be when I'm really sad or I miss you or I get in a car accident or whatever? Like, you know, that was the consideration. You want someone local, you know? Oh, yeah. You well, want someone around.
0: But th- but it's interesting what you will agree to do during the honeymoon stage of a relationship. Mm-hmm. What do right. they, ca- they call it? Limerence or something? They say that you're mm-hmm. so like your head is in the clouds that you're like, we can make this work. And, you know, long distance, we can do this. And then you get six months in and you're like, what was I thinking? And now you've kind of gone down this rabbit hole. And I think this is one of those where people uh, might agree to it. Um, in this limerence phase more than more than some right. of these other areas because it seems like there's a solution for it, right? One person mm-hmm. just has to move and it's not necessarily, that is, again, if you're not, if you don't want long distance, long term. So say you do want to eventually be in the same place. Somebody has to move and, right. um, you know, or what do you do when you get with someone who's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm open to moving and then you're in it for six months and they're like, yeah, I really wouldn't move. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Or I would move, but I don't want to move to where you are and, um, and so I, I think that can be tricky. And I know for me, I, you know, I've had a couple long distance relationships, but they were always w- with the caveat that they were going to be short term. Like I had mm-hmm. one where I, that the, the relationship the, would be short term or that the the long distance would be the long distance. So one person, you know, she lived across the country and, but was from Arizona, I wanted to move back to Arizona at some point, we got into a relationship fairly quickly. And then within a couple of months, she actually moved back to Arizona. And so that one, I kind of went into knowing that was our long-term plan. So we were only long distance for a few months, but then I had another relationship where um we were together and we lived here. And then I got a job out of state and I had to live most of my time out of state um while I was working towards getting tenure. And I had like a little apartment and and she was not with me because she had her own job and she couldn't be out there. So she would, I would come back as frequently as I could, because I also wanted to see my kid who was in Tucson. So we did this like temporary long distance thing um for, for a few years. And then she finally ended up moving out there after she left that job. But um I still didn't get to see my kid, So I kind of had a long distance relationship with her and only got to go back so often. And it became really difficult. And I just realized that I don't, I don't want to be away from the things that are important to me, which are all clustered in Arizona. And so I made the choice Mm -hmm. that I was not going to, to, uh, date anybody in which the long-term goal wasn't that we were going to be in Arizona. So either that person was already here or that person was willing to move here, but that was it. That was like a no-go for me. Well, and not even
1: Arizona, Tucson, you're a Tucson. Tucson person.
0: Tucson in particular. Yeah. I needed to be able to drive up to Phoenix and see my family. I need, my friends are here. My life is here. My house is here. I just, my, my whole being is here in Tucson, Arizona. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm clear that I'm not willing to budge and and it's okay. Right. Um, but I also, you know, when I got into the dating profiles and I was like feeling bad for myself because no one was in Tucson. And then I was clicking on people from all over the place. I mean, I ended up having this conversation with this lady from this rural area in Georgia, born and raised there. I know. um, I kept saying,
1: what is your uh, point in those doing
0: this? What the heck is your point? I mean, (laughs) I don't even remember how she said it, but in, in, in a not so direct way, but I could pick up on it was like, are you open to moving to my rural town in Northern Georgia? And I basically was like, I'm absolutely A, not moving to your rural town in Northern Georgia and B, I'm absolutely not leaving Tucson. So Let's just get off the phone. And then I had this moment after that. I was like, what am I doing? What am I? I'm not willing to have a long distance mm-hmm. relationship. I'm not willing to move. And I know there are other people who thrive off a of long distance relationships. They love them. The, the, I know right. people who are married who haven't even lived together before. And they've been together for 20 years. It's just, that's just what they want. Um, That right. isn't what I want though.
1: Well, that makes total sense. And I did, I keep asking you what on earth you were doing. Cause it was clear to me. You didn't want that. And I'd like to um clarify that I will do any um mountain West States and then West coast. So <laughs> I'm from Colorado, Colorado over because that I can do right. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would never, it just doesn't make sense. Like I know I never want to live in the South again, ever. I did it. Don't want to do it again. And you know, you have to know that about yourself, I think. And it's not bratty or anything. It's just smart. Why, why get involved? You know, and here's another thing that I feel about dating is like, or thinking about dating or meeting someone is I, I'm in this phase now If I really just want to communicate via text or whatever, um, before any, I just, I don't want to do anything physical until like, I know I like that person because I feel mm-hmm. like the physical mucks things up. And if you're not having these conversations, you know, like, it's not like p- people, I don't know, some people freak out when you want to have a conversation, but it's just like, I'm not saying I want to marry you. But like, let's talk about just these logistics, right? I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. And some people are really afraid to bring that up. And a friend of mine asked me, like, when is it too soon to bring up, um, you know, exclusive dating? And uh she and this guy have been just they met on one date and then he has time off from his job and so he's been traveling and they've been texting a lot and I said yeah it would be weird to ask him now like have a couple dates you know when he comes back and then you mm-hmm. can bring up that conversation of exclusivity but you know you don't have to wait months but if that's something that's important to you and you you've gone on a couple dates and you can have that conversation. And I feel like, and I said, if that person freaks out about that conversation, then, you know, or can't have that conversation, then, you know, this is probably not the best match for you anyway. Like you want to be able to be with someone who can talk, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for me, like that's something also a communicator, right? Somebody who can actually communicate. Cause when they can't communicate, things do not go well.
0: Right, right. Well, and your expectations for what you know that relationship could look like. Um, I know you know, there's there's folks that are open and or engaged in or even seeking, you know, polyamorous relationships, or they're okay with, you know, being with someone who in like in the gay and lesbian community, someone who's newly out and being someone's first, or maybe Um, they're, they're okay with someone who's maybe separated, but not divorced or freshly broken up and, you know, worried that maybe they're the rebound, but they're still okay with that. Like some of these things are like, you know, what kind of a, of a situation do you want? Do you want something even more casual? We're going to talk a little bit about this, you know, as we continue through the season, but really this idea of like, you know, are having these conversations early on is really important. If you're avoiding these conversations. And saying, you know, like, okay, I'm going to, I'll be with this person who's just out of a relationship, uh, you know, but I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want it to be, you know, too taboo or too weird. Um, it already is kind of weird that you're not talking about it. So really talking about what are the things that are considerations you need to think about in that unique dating situation or that you're someone's first, um, or that they're, you know, or that you're their first or whatever the case may be, but. Having those open conversations. And again, I think this all goes back to this idea about being really clear about what it is that we know we want. What are those must haves and those no-goes? Because, and it's okay to have those and you're not being judgy. You're just being clear. If you know something isn't going to make you happy, you don't have to be, you know, just take it just because, it, you know, you want to be open to all possibilities. I, for one, do not like olives. And I am very close-minded about olives. I don't like black olives or green olives. I don't like stuffed olives and I don't like spicy olives. I don't like them on pizza. I don't like them anywhere. And I can be very judgmental about olives, but you know what? Whenever an olive shows up anywhere, I'm miserable. So I'm very clear (coughs) about that. (laughs) And have mercy. Who
1: knew I, I, olives could be so like upsetting to someone?
0: But I'm just saying, like I'm pretty clear. I've, I have a, you know, so I'm, I don't feel bad anymore about saying I want my pizza without olives. And it's okay to say, Hey, I don't want a long distance relationship or frankly, right. I don't want to, you know, date somebody who's just freshly out of a relationship. Um, I know for you, one of these things that, that creates a unique dating situation is, you know, being vegan, trying, you know, to date other vegans or vegetarians. Well- are. But
1: that is a misbelief, I think, well, and about me in particular, but not about vegans in general. I think a lot of vegans do want to date other vegans. I've actually only dated one vegan. I do encounter people that when they find out I'm vegan, then they are like, oh, I'm, I've always thought about being vegan. or with the, And then it turns out, well, okay, they maybe thought about it for two minutes. Like, I'm a hardcore right. vegan. As they're eating um, like
0: a chicken wing. Yes. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, and so, it. It,
1: exactly. So I... It doesn't matter to me. I'm not saying it doesn't create conflict when I date a non-vegan. It does, but it's not a deal breaker for me in the way that it is for other people. And that's because being a lesbian, I'm, I have only 10% of the population to pull from anyway. So (laughs) So I'm not going to limit it. (laughs) I'm not Mm going to limit it. But the other thing I wanted to say is, um, like that you might not know these things until you get out there and try it. And I'm not, like, I just, you know, tried to be in a relationship that the other person didn't want to term a relationship, but in, for all intents and purposes, it was. And that was just, that did not work for me.
0: You know, it didn't you work agreed, for me. You initially agreed to it. Yes, I agreed to it. In this limerence phase where you're like, right. oh, the starry right. eye, right. like I can put up right. with that, even though that's what I don't think I want. But but right. then you came to realize, absolutely, that's not what you want. And it's just like olives. Right. You can t- eat as many right. olives as you want you decide you don't like them anymore. Boom. Like, it's okay to, to hold well, you own. Well, and it's
1: okay to set those boundaries. And mm-hmm. also, you know, just how do you want to be treated? And um those are things that are changing, right? Or that you have to kind of get into that situation and experience. And it's okay to then l- say, okay, well, I'm going to give this a couple months and if things don't change the way that I would like them to go it's okay to let go and I'm not saying it's easy because it isn't so I know from experience it is not easy to let go but in this when you get to a certain point in your life where you're like you know I want to value myself and feel good about myself and if that isn't it's just not working for whatever reason it's okay it hurts but Mm -hmm. it's okay it's okay to to let go you know and yeah. if you can think through these things before jumping in with someone, great,
0: you know? I mean, I think that's where, where I've come to land is this idea of if this person that I'm with right now, and this situation that I'm in right now, never changed. Could I be happy? If this person said, Oh, I'm a vegetarian. If this person said, Oh, I want to be a vegetarian too, but they never did. Would I be okay with that? If this person and yeah. I were in a long distance relationship and they, said that they were going to move here and they never did would i be okay with that like i i want to look at the here and now and just say okay if nothing right. changed am i okay with this unique dating situation am i okay with this um and and if i, I think am, that's I'm great. the
1: way that you have to ask i think everybody needs to do that going into your relationship because i am guilty of getting with someone and hearing the words come out of their mouth and believing that they will change and then what i am hooked on is that that change will occur and therefore things will be better and that and that hasn't happened because it's very hard for people to change I do believe people can change I changed my whole life I've changed you know who I am as a person so I do believe people can change but you can't go into something with the hope that they will change or right. the belief that because they said it, they will, I think it's better to, and you asked me that question many times, if nothing changes, are you okay with this? And in the last two relationships I had and some things I was okay with and some things I really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know,
0: mm-hmm. And exactly. I think
1: that's an important question.
0: You right. Know? Well, Well. and then when we look at things like, as you get even more deep seated into just more than just behaviors, but you get into things around um, like values and, you you know, being with someone who's a different, has a different political ideology or being with someone who is a, maybe it has different religious or spiritual beliefs. You know, that's one of those things where they're not necessarily going to change. Um, nobody Mm -hmm. wants to change. Like I'm holding very tight to my political or my spiritual beliefs. And so is the other person. Can I coexist in a productive and healthy, sustainable, loving way with this person when we don't, See eye to eye on these things. And so I've thought about it for me. I, I don't think I could be with someone who was vastly politically different than I am, but I could probably be with someone who is religiously or spiritually different than I am. Um, to, to a, to a point, obviously it would just really depend on what those beliefs were and how much they aligned with my, my general overarching beliefs, but the, that's a real consideration. Could I be happy? Would our love be so great that it wouldn't matter what our differences are? And I think politics, I don't think I could do it. I'm too political of a person. i too, you know, too much of an advocate, Mm -hmm. too much of a voice. It's too much of a part of my identity that I just could not possibly want to spend all my time with someone who believed in something vastly different than me. I could be around other people who do in general. And I like having those kinds of conversations. Do I want to live with that person and have them be my go-to? Probably not. Um, I don't know, could you be in a, or have you ever been in a dating situation where your politics were incredibly different than the person you're with?
1: Nope. And I couldn't do it. It's the, mm-hmm. for me, politics is values. So, I mean, my values have to align. We may not agree on like how to implement policies and all that, and that's fine. And I, as a, you know, I consider myself to be a liberal and I carry a gun. And so that's different. A lot of people, that is a deal breaker for them, Right. It's never been for anybody I've actually been with, even though they don't like it. They they come around to it for some reason it doesn't. And I was a police officer, so it's, I think, different. But yeah, like, I think there's a lot of people who couldn't be with me, even though we're technically aligned, you know, on one side of the party because I was a cop or because I do carry a gun, things like that. And so it's kind of the same for me where if we're so, so different to me, that's just values and I can't. I can't
0: do that you know yeah what about religion that is the
1: it's interesting because I've never been with an openly religious person like an organized religion um Mm -hmm. but I have been with uh atheist who thinks my beliefs are cuckoo cachu you know that because I'm a Buddhist and I do believe in reincarnation and things like that she thought that was crazy and so that led to a lot of like kind of not arguments but definitely and we're both lawyers so it's very heated like discussions and like I, I never took it personally like okay well these are my beliefs those are hers but it does it's weird to think that like she thought we would just be dead and gone right and so I'm like then why bother being a good person she's a great person but it's like you know, she was motivated by something totally different than what motivated me. And she thought I was only being a good person so that in my next life, I wouldn't come back and be punished. Right. So we never really kind of saw eye to eye on that. And I think kind of it gave us a lot. I found it interesting to talk about, but very, very different beliefs on what happens to us after we're gone. And so you know, she since has been like, I never knew you were such a hippie because of kind of, you know, the stuff we've gotten into with psychics and astrologers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not doing it illogically or handing over all my money to a cult leader. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. it, it has been, I like that difference because it opens, you know, a lot of discussion up, but that's not a value difference. It's like a difference of, Okay, who created the world kind of thing, you know, and even with people that I have a very different, you know, Christian versus non-Christian thing. If they're kind and they're not trying to take my rights away from me that, you know, and saying I'm disgusting and trans people are disgusting, then great. Like, you know, I'm totally open to listening to why you believe what you believe. And I think anybody, if you're coming from a place of love. Right. So. Even politically, I mean, there can be a little bit of overlap, maybe, but it seems in our day and age, those overlaps don't really exist very much anymore.
0: Right, right. Well, and again, it goes back to like, I like having those conversations, and like doing that, but do I want my go-to person? You know, like if I'm on my deathbed and I'm thinking that I'm going to go to an afterlife and they're not, I mean, I, I don't know, I've dated, I was with an atheist for a long, mm-hmm. long, long time it, it that didn't, I guess it that didn't affect me the same way as a, like a political difference thing. I think, right. I would anticipate that would affect me. But again, you're asking yourself, can you live with this? Is this something well, you want?
1: Yeah. And my philosophy about that was, well, the atheist and I will, I'll be able to say, I told you so when we're on the <sighs> other side, <laughs> there you so go. in the end I'd win. And so like, that's the thing though, it's like my beliefs about what happens to us doesn't dictate what is going to happen, and we'll all find out at some point, right?
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, kind me of... it's,
1: that's more like what gives you comfort, right? What just gives you comfort to get through this crazy life?
0: Yeah, and I guess some people might who are deeply religious, you know, and get a you know horrible health diagnosis, and they're you know dying. They might want to have their partner supporting them, talking about things like you know, going to church or praying or going to heaven. And so that might, it it might also depend on your circumstance at the time as to how important that is to have in a partner, that alignment. Right. Right. Um. You know, and on the flip side being, you know, maybe being an atheist and having someone constantly saying that they're praying for you. you Right. And, and that could, that, I guess that depends on the circumstance. Um, Right. Okay. Let me ask you one last one. I really want to get to is, you know, unique dating situation, dating someone who either their their friends and or family don't like you and, or your friends or family don't like them. So somewhere there's a point of contention. Mm. So have you ever had a situation where either of those were the case?
1: Yes, both. Um, two relationships ago, the family and friends did not like me at all. And they were instrumental in ruining and breaking up the relationship. I'll forever be bitter about that. Um mm. and bitter about that person choosing those people. But I also understand we had you and I have many talks about this. I'm one person on one side, and those people are about 20 people. And it was really a difference of just kind of lifestyle and location, right? I was pulling her away from them. And it was a couple hours drive. So it was too much for them to bear that she'd be gone for weeks at a time. And I understand that. So like, I am bitter about it. But it's like those people were her security blanket, as scratchy as they were, you know it mm-hmm. makes sense that that's what she chose hurt me deeply, but is what it is and then I was with that first person I've talked about earlier, and nobody liked that person, and they were right, and then another person recently, and they were <laughs> right about that too, so
0: <laughs> you know
1: do but do i did i did I have to have my process? yes, and b- believe me, all of my Somebody said to me once, oh, my sister probably said this, your friends back you up on everything. I said, well, you've never met my friends because nobody agrees with me just for the sake of agreeing. And so, like, I can hear their opinion and not, like, get angry about it. And I take it into consideration. And then I torment everybody by continuing along my own path of being with that person until I have worked it out in my own mind. And I know you and I have talked about this. I will do whatever I can to be with a person until I feel that. Okay, there is, this just cannot continue. And I will Mm -hmm. try to the ends of the earth to, to be with somebody that I love. And that is maddening for other people to watch sometimes. So yes, (laughs) Yes. have you? (laughs) I've Um, been on both sides.
0: You know, I've had a couple situations I'd probably say three situations where it was the family didn't like me, but it wasn't so much that they didn't like Who me. Who wouldn't percent. like
1: you? Well, I know yeah. that's the thing.
0: It was the family wasn't um, supportive of their daughter being gay. So they mm-hmm. were unhappy that, that she in these three circumstances was bringing a woman home. Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm.
0: one family actually ended up liking me so much that I think my presence actually helped them become more accepting of their daughter. Um mm-hmm. And so that, that was helpful. So nobody hasn't liked me as a person. I think that they've just been so unhappy about their, their daughters coming out that Mm -hmm. they just didn't like anybody they would bring home. Um, so I've been really fortunate in that sense where that's been, I don't take that personally. Um, the same way I would if they just didn't like me. Um, I've had one, I've had, well, two, kind of two situations. I had somebody that I dated a long, long time ago who, um, who, didn't, my, my friends and family were like thrilled about this person and, um, told me I could do better. How was that? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't like mm-hmm. dislike her, but they're like, you could definitely do better. That kind of wore on me a little bit. Um, you know, like it annoyed you cause you were like, this is my life. Get out of it. Yeah. That, and it or just did also, it make like, you like doubt the relationship. It made me doubt the relationship. But I mean, and it's, it's true. We were at very different places in life and th- there was some truth to that, but it it tarnished things a little bit. Like in some mm-hmm. ways, I almost wish they hadn't said something. But mm-hmm. then I've had another relationship where people didn't like who I was with and never told me until after. And told you fact. after the fact, like, right? And then are you her. like
1: embarrassed or? You yeah,
0: like, I'm super oh embarrassed. Oh my god! Right. Because it, it's not like just one person; like a lot of people. But do,
1: but if somebody told you that, do you think you'd really like end it? See, that's you know the mean? thing. No, like, I probably
0: you? wouldn't. And then, and then what I would right. do is I would let that eat away at me. And I'd be worried about like hanging out with my friends and this person at the same time. And then it, it would create complications. So they did probably what they should have done. It's just not said anything to me at all um until after the breakup. And then, but then they thought that maybe it would help by saying, oh, I never liked them anyways, you know? And and was like, oh, well, I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes me feel better or not, but um I think the best situation is the one where my friends and family, they say, I really like who you're with. Right. Then it makes sense. Right. It a lot where they, and they,
1: and they do truly. I mean, right. that's always the best, right? And I mean, you're yeah. kind of the, you've, you've been with me through just a couple and like, you've given me your opinion and I'm very talkative about it, so it doesn't bother me. But you've given me your opinion and then literally I've been like, I get it, thank you. And then I cry about how I can't break away. So, -hmm. It's like people told me, many people told me, and I still. I feel like you just sometimes have to go through your own process. You just do. There's something in it, you know. And yeah, what do you do?
0: What do you do though? In a you know. I mean, I know in in your case, you've had it where your friends have been telling you things that you actually knew were true. You just had an emotional attachment that we couldn't understand because we didn't have that. But logically you agreed in many ways. Right. Right. What do you do, you know, in a situation where you're with somebody and your friends just don't like them, but you like them. You don't, you don't agree with them. And I mean, how do you, do you stay in that dating situation or does it just simply build up so much that you're just like, I can't do this anymore?
1: I mean, I guess that each person's got to decide, right? I personally feel don't lose friends over it, right? Like mm-hmm. to me, anybody who would choose like a new person over their friends, that's danger. That's like a warning sign, right? I will yeah. choose them all. I'll keep them all in my life and just torment everybody <laughs> until I have to get out. I can't take it anymore. But um, that's a thing. I think like don't – it's dangerous to be a person – who would choose a new uh, choose. And that's why I think that situation of mine where those people in her life didn't, you know, they thought I was drawing her away, but it was kind of location and lifestyle. But um I think that that's a really hard one, right? I mean, it is really best if, and why are these friends not liking that person? You know what I mean? Like right. that's what you really have to look at. If people are saying that, like you're saying, I agreed with you about the facts and true I did. And there was just, there were reasons that, you know, relating to my childhood that I couldn't break free. And it's, I've really had some breakthroughs about it. So it's been great for me actually to be in a terrible relationship was actually great for me, but um I don't know. It really depends, but I would never lose friends over it. You know what I mean? I would never say like mm-hmm. I'm choosing. And, and like I told you at one point, I'm tormenting you, And you were like, okay, I'll be less invested and just listen because you knew that like I needed you to be there. And so again, here's where this whole thing about relationships, what is your relationship with your friends? You know what I mean? Are these people who are really, really truly your friends? If they're really, truly your friends, then they should be able to be with you. I mean, my best friend was with a horrible person for seven years and I just kept my mouth shut. I said something at the beginning. And then afterwards, the 14 years after of or seven years after that were terrible, um, we then were aligned about the terribleness. Right. And I helped her with a lot of legal stuff and all that. But during that time, I I had to be quiet about it. And mm-hmm. believe me, I never liked that person ever. And so mm-hmm. I just had to be there to be a support because I can't people are going to make their own decisions, you know? They're going right. to do what they feel they need to do. And until that person is out of their system, just be, be supportive. Just be there to be the friend. Just, I think that's the best advice. Don't ever like make a friend choose between you and a person. We don't know why people are energetically or chemically or whatever drawn to somebody else. And I feel like just be the friend and i've I've like I said, I've been on both sides of that, despised yeah. by those people, and then people not liking who I was with and I get it, I understand it all, and I think you know, I don't know, did I even answer that question or I'm just <laughs> I don't, I don't know in, in your part.
0: way, yes, you did, <laughs> yes, you know um yeah no i i mean i I do agree I think the the, the hard part is when you really like somebody and other people don't and You know, you're like, I don't want to break up with them or whatever, but other friends don't want to spend time with you when you're with this person. And you know, so they may not let, you know, they may not be bugging you about it or giving you the feedback, but they may just also be choosing not to spend time, you know, hanging out with you and the person because they don't like them. So that's what makes it unique is you have to choose like your social situations and you may end up coming down to choosing a relationship or dating and, and, you know, and that's hard because it's really unquantifiable. You could have twenty of your right. best friends from childhood tell you this person's bad news, but you love them, and you you don't think they're bad news, and they don't see it right. the way you do. And again, all of this is you know I think all of our conversation is is couched in the notion that we're assuming that there's no violence, abuse, any right. of that kind of stuff going on, because clearly that's di- totally different circumstance in which we you know I know I would for sure say that listen to others, listen to your friends, get help, you know, seek support, whatever you need to do. But when we're just talking about someone who just has a general kind of dislike for that person with no- nothing that's like unsafe or dangerous, um, you know, that, that can create a heavy weight. Um, you know, all these situations, right. All these right. situations, you know, that's why, you know, our episodes on unique de- dating situations, it's like everything from like having to change your lifestyle around. You know, pets or having to create new bonds or new scheduling around kids or having to consider the the cultural and values based age gap, or you know even things like we talked about you know that with you being a vegan and I'm a vegetarian I'll tell you i the last three people I've been with have been vegetarian it's a whole lot easier, I like it a whole lot better. the idea of having. You know, I had someone ask if she could cook fish in my pan and I was like, oh right. gosh, like, I mean, I, no, <laughs> right. I don't want you cooking uh-huh. fish in my pan. Um, even though I said yes, because I was like, I didn't know right. how to answer it. But in, in the, when I thought about it, I was like, no, I really don't want fish in my pan. I don't want fish in my house. Um, and so these are all unique dating situations. And I think at the end, uh, we just all have to, as we get into some situations that maybe not what we were expecting or what we were looking for, but wanting to be open to something is asking ourselves, could we be happy could we be you know be fulfilled could we thrive and have a loving sustainable relationship if things are were exactly as the way they are and right. this person is exactly who they are showing up to be right now If, if that, if your answer is yes, then your answer is yes. And if your answer is no, but I want them to dot, 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 then there's your answer too. And I think that's, that's the thing that I think is probably my biggest takeaway from talking about unique dating situations is less about what those specific situations are, but just being really clear about what it is that you want and then making sure that you know what you're getting into. And that if it doesn't change, even with a million promises that you're okay with it. Agree. See, we agreed. We agreed. Let's end there. We're going to yes, end there. But... No more podcasts for the rest of our lives. We, this is, we finally came to agreement. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We have more great episodes to come, but anyways, Tracy, it's been lovely as always talking about such fun stuff, uh, such serious stuff, such interesting stuff, relevant, and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, helping our listeners be able to get some clarity in their lives, or at least just listen and think, wow, those two are a hot mess. Um, but they've made it through. So can I, so, and look at them now they're climbing mountains and they have, they're leading a the good life. Um, anyways, uh, to all of our listeners, uh, until we, uh, until we're back on again with you, make sure that you go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for
1: listening. Now go rock those relationships.